Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to the Loud Women Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2. Cookie, I'm so excited to be back here with you today, recapping the second episode. Uh, I think this one uh, this one kept up the pace. What do you think? Are you excited to talk about this one? This one, um, I think I went through the five stages of grief watching this episode. <laughs> this one this took one me in a journey. so much. It brought me back to uh to season season one Annie. Like we'll we'll get into it, but I think this one definitely mm. brought me back. Yeah, Annie hurt my feelings. Um <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Annie, I was living for Fran. Um, but but Annie hurt my feelings a lot. I mean, I'm like, I'm not even on this date and I'm mad at you. What's going on? This was yeah, this episode took me on a roller coaster. So let's let's start at the beginning. So we open up with Annie and Nick sitting in a diner, getting breakfast together. Uh, he's reading an, ep- an excerpt from her latest piece that she wrote about her experience last episode with that doctor. A um, mm-hmm. couple of thoughts. First of all, thrilled that she was able to like process the situation by writing something good, writing something that's clearly resonating. You know, we left her in kind of a bad place, screaming at the woman at her car window. I was so excited to like actually get to see her like process this in a way that was good. Um, and it also brought me back to, I think it was season one when Ryan was not processing her writing, didn't read it, didn't get it. And it was just nice to see Annie like sitting across the table from somebody who was actually like respecting her work, like a man who was getting it and listening and respecting her work. Um, have we... Okay, first of all, it's really nice to see that they're able to converse about other topics than jizz. Um, But also, (laughs) like, wow, you know, full conversations, not involving um, That's honestly a big step. Yeah, you know, because that's the low-hanging fruit. You can talk about jizz with anybody. you got to be able to bring it up to that intellectual level. (laughs) But have we talked about Nick's mustache at all? You know, I think we skimmed over the mustache. I don't know if we've addressed it. What are your What are your thoughts? Are you pro or against? For or against? Okay. As as the child, okay, I I I was produced in the 80s. Your dad's got a mustache. I, yeah. Okay. Well, do you know the legend of my father's facial hair and my reaction to it? No, give us a give us the recap, the brief recap. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, it's customary for ki- uh, like children of uh, immigrants from the Caribbean to like, you know, live with extended family uh, for a certain time while their parent or parents like establish their life, blah, 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 in the US. And at the time my mom was getting her master's when I was born. So I was living with my grandparents in the islands and my parents would come down and visit and everything. Uh, but there was this, at, at one, my, my dad had always had a beard when I was a child and I must've been like two when this happened. And he came down, but he had shaved his beard. And when he picked me up, I slapped the shit out of him cause I didn't recognize him. <laughs> and, so he compromised because he, he was over the beard at that point in his life. And he compromised by having a mustache. And so all throughout my childhood, I have had a mustachioed white father. And I just, and that is the thing, like the, 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 what's his face oats from Holland Oats, like a mustached man from the eighties. That is the standard. And I just can't not think of dad when I see a mustached man. And I just, I, 
I don't know how or why this is a thing in in the 21st century. So it's this is a block for you. This is like a personal situation that you can't untangle because the connection between the mustache and your dad is too strong. But I will tell you, as someone who Uh does not have that tie, I find the mustache uh-huh. hot. It's a good mustache. I don't mm. find I, I find most mustaches not hot, but that is a <laughs> full mustache. That is a it is not a scraggly little one. That is something that has been groomed. It is brushed. There is product in there. It is the opposite of Ryan's beard. It is a good yes. mustache. No, he's got the full push broom, and I respect it because it <laughs> takes a certain like it takes a certain kind of man to you know like he and he's not like chad body type you know what i mean mm. like he's not like a whole chad and a chad can't pull off that kind of like it takes a certain kind of um a, a certain kind of masculinity that's like less toxic to yeah. be able to pull it you know it's, it's like a nick offerman type thing like you don't take yourself too seriously you can kind of poke fun you're you're being like lightly ironic but you also like You've got a good sense of humor. I like it. I think you're right. It says a lot about someone's character. Um, mm-hmm. I've also, I don't know how we haven't talked about this. I also have a similar story from childhood where my dad showed oh. up where he shaved his beard and I sobbed uh, and refused to talk to him. Um, so I think that maybe is something that you and I should unpack in um, like podcast couple therapy uh, because it seems like maybe yes. we have some uh, some childhood things to work through there. Uh, but I we understand need to that. work through this. <laughs> I think we thank you for your support, listeners. I think this probably has some impacts on our adulthood. Let's probably be <laughs> honest about that. So, uh, great, great mustache. Sorry, it's not working for you, but it's working for me. I get it. I get it. We'll leave it at that. It. We'll leave it at that. Um, so, I, I also I like that. I the, my, the only other thought I had on the scene was I felt like. You know, I'm not I'm not cheering for these two to get together right yet. Mm. I'm not fully bought in yet, but I I do feel like he sees her and I always like that. Like he says some, you know, you're sweet on the outside but terrifying. Like he gets her and he gets that she's not just this cutesy little like she's freaking crazy and he likes that. And I I respect I respect that. I like seeing Annie be seen. It, he sees her. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yes, he absolutely sees her. And it's not in like this objectifying way. He just sees her as a person. That little nugget of who she is. Any other thoughts on that breakfast? I thought that was cute. I thought it nicely established that they've got this nice friendly rapport going, lightly flirtatious, but not too serious. Mm -hmm. But you can tell this has been going on for a little bit now. Uh, Who? who? Breakfast consistently? It took me living with a man to have breakfast consistently. <laughs> I also had that same thought. I feel like that's something we romanticize in television, like the friends like dynamic of, oh, we're just going to get up and like hang out before work. I'm not hanging out with anybody. I'm not even hanging out with the person that I, I'm not hanging out with my husband in the morning. I'm not hanging out with anybody in the morning. I'm sleeping until I possibly like the last second and then I'm getting out of bed. Like that seems very sweet. And like, you must really like somebody if you're getting up early to go meet them at a diner. I mean, that also, I want to know what they were eating. And she puts effort into the breakfast look. Like, it's what, okay, we love Annie's fashion in general. Always. But you are, you are getting dressed for pre-work engagements and putting together a look. Yeah, like if I'm showing up at a diner for pre-work breakfast, like I am in no makeup, I'm in comfies. She's got a nice little frill. She's ready for work. She's ready to go. She put her makeup on. She's not going to be doing that makeup in the office bathroom thing. Like she's ready to go. 
And I think that shows that she cares. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then we, we go back to work. Um, we, we follow into the office. Uh, everybody's buzzing about her new article. It's doing really well. Um, Amadi gives her a little bit of a, he pokes her a little bit about that breakfast, those breakfast dates with Will and, excuse me, with Nick. Oh, Nick. And then we find out that, uh, that he wants to set her up with his, his friend Will, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was very sweet. Amadi's always looking out. He is. I think, and I think Annie doesn't give Amadi enough credit. No. I think there is some time. Well, I mean, we're going to get, gonna to, get that. to it. But but she has a history of not giving him enough credit, I think. That's kind of a, a pattern in their relationship, their friend dynamic, where it's a lot of um, it's a lot of take on Annie's end and not enough give. I think that definitely happens. And I think it's it's also, you know, they're in this like work dynamic, too, which makes it a little bit different. Um, and I think that happens with those work relationships sometimes as well, where you get into those dynamics where it's like your borderline real friendship and, and just work friendship. But it, it made me think about, you know, when uh, I think it was in season one when she just ditched him to hang out with Ryan. I'm like, we just see Amadi keep kind of getting kicked to the side here. He's not getting enough credit as a friend, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I I just oh I just flash back to season one and watching her phone blow up with those texts oh, and just getting that one was hard to watch. Okay, and honestly, okay, sorry, we're not going to get ahead, but the vibe was similar <laughs> today. The vibe was similar watching this episode. So uh, we're gonna ju- let's jump back home for a second. Fran and Emily are in the bathroom, uh, getting rid of that clogged toilet, which I think is just a fun scene device. Like there was no real reason that <laughs> that toilet needed to be clogged. It was just a great framing for a conversation, and I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily's that's, that's yeah, creative. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Another another grievance I have with the show. Why, un- unless the fandom has already done it, why do they? Why do they not have a couple's portmanteau? Why are they not family? <laughs> I did not know that term. What did you say? What did you call that? A portmanteau. <laughs> I like that Fremily. That makes that makes sense. I think if if that doesn't exist yet, which I haven't seen it, but um, and I'm pretty I'm pretty deep in the shrill Instagram world. Um, <laughs> I think that we'll see that after the season because they are setting these two up like just beautifully. Like every moment mm. between them is poetry. Like I, I I like how Emily's sort of encouraging Fran to work at the salon, like giving her nice nice advice here. Um, and then. I just like when Emily's making fun of Fran's accent. Like, they're just so cute. Like, every little interaction is just, like, so sweet. And I love it. And I want to watch a spinoff. And I really hope that happens. I'm putting that energy out into the world. Can we get a sp- Hi, at Hulu. Spinoff, please. Hello? Hello? Yes, could you? Uh, yes, please. Hello, everyone. Uh, yes, I, let's, we'll, we'll start a petition. So... <laughs> Anyway, just a nice little, nice little friend and Emily Moam. Um, back of the weekly, Thorn uh, Anne is, uh, excuse me, Annie is getting props at a team meeting for her new article. Um, did want to call call out here? We've got another Connor O'Malley spotting, which is uh, 80s husband. Always love to see that, even though he is the, the worst character. Always. <laughs> have you have you seen his social? Like, have you seen him on Twitter? He is terrifying. I am. I, I, I love is love, I guess. Like somebody's out. I, I don't know what he's like off camera. Anytime but, I, um. I don't know what he's like off camera, but anytime I see him on camera, he's this guy. Like he, I, I love, um, I think you should leave. Um, also got Patty Harrison in that as well. Nice little, get a little, some shrill crossover there. Always absolutely unhinged. Um, I, 
enjoy it, but I, I fear him as well. The door is off the hinges. There is no WD-40. Someone get this man some milk. Someone help him. Like, I don't, I'm scared. I'm scared every time I see this man on my screen. <laughs> I will say if you haven't seen their wedding photos, look them up. They're very cute. Uh, if you do not stand Connor yet, I'm you sure. will after um, just looking at their adorable ass wedding photos. Um, uh, he's also, I believe, a writer on Seth Meyers. He's got a, quite an interesting career himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So uh, we've we're, so I wanted to call out. We've got the distro guys here, kind of harassing Ugh. Annie a little bit. This dynamic we've seen this all before. This like toxic bro dynamic. Um, that that made me uncomfy. Any thoughts on that? I. <laughs> all right, let me not cry on camera. I cannot with any of these men children. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I cannot do it. They are all feral. I don't like them. <laughs> What? That's a good word, actually. I think that's a, that describes it pretty well. <laughs> Just a feral pack of men running around yeah. a warehouse. Who raised these people? Like, I, just... <laughs> um, I like we also get the most like media detail uh, where which is that now the entire staff is going to be writing articles. They just let everybody go and slash their hours. But uh, but now we're going to have the warehouse guys writing, too. And if that is not a commentary uh. on media in 2021, I don't know what it is. Uh, I just, what's going on with the thorn? Um, there's a lot of, um, oh, uh, site that blew up because of listicles energy Mm, happening. mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want to get sued, but yes, it's almost like, um, boost feed. (laughs) Uh, it is, it has big energy, but also like this happens time and time again, where you see, you know, these, all these cuts and then just sort of saying, okay, well, we'll just like. Anybody can do that job. Anyone can do that job. Being a journalist is hard. I can't do it. Oh. I don't want to do it. I'm pretty sure that uh, that Ryan is not capable of writing a listicle that gets any views. He's barely literate. I don't understand why. How? 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 Things are not going well. Amadi's job is about to get a lot harder. Let's just put it that way. So yeah. during this meeting, Annie gets a call from uh, the doctor that she wrote about in her article. Um, I like she comes in hot. Annie's ready. She's processed. She has like decided how she wants to talk about this. First thing out of out of her mouth, it's not my responsibility to teach you how to treat fat people with dignity. And I was like, boom. How many times boom. do I wish I could have pulled that line out of my pocket? Like, I really, really wish that I had been able to come out with that at many moments in my life. Um, so, you know, it, anytime she gets to hit those moments, I think we all get this visceral little like buzz from it where it's like, ah, yeah, I wish I could have had that moment, but I'm happy she did, even though it's fake. <laughs> Something about <laughs> seeing that, it feels validating. I don't know if you know that meme of like th- this dude who's like a, a battle rapper and he's in, it, like doing a battle rap in the park. And his lines are always garbage, but like when he drops the punchline, everybody's like, oh, <laughs> like that was me. That was me watching that conversation and hearing Annie drop that bar just absolute bars against that doctor thrilling it was thrilling um and you know we get the validation too of hearing that her office is implementing a health at every size initiative which is great uh but then asks annie to take down the slanderous article which i'm pretty sure it's not slanderous if it's true it's been a while since i've uh, taken media law but i feel like it's real it's real uh, so, uh, Gabe defends her, which is nice to see, but Gabe just gets mm-hmm. his jollies off on being this like renegade journalist type. It's not about Annie. It's just about him fucking, you know, him sort of waving his fist at the sky. 
I was less distracted by his manicure this time in oh, his that's, office, that's, which isn't, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, something. I'm never not, I'm never not distracted by his hair, but every now and then he's got a manicure that I, I, I just, who is your tech? Who's your nail tech? We, we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> is it a little, do we have a little chipping going on? Is it a little too much? It's not that it's, no, no, no. They're always very well done, but it's just a lot. It's a lot. For, for me, for me, for me. I just, it's an important I distinction. Want, you know, I want it, the the nails are supposed to enhance the look, not detract from the look. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, you know, he he and Annie finally have a little bit of a conversation about the elephant in the room. He accuses her of selling him out to Sheila, the big boss. This is whatever. That was not I. That was not that interesting. I was like, all right, get over it. Like, grow up. I'm over it. Um. And then we pop out to the. Uh, sorry, do you have any other thoughts on on any final thoughts on Gabe for the day? I think that's the last we see of him. Yeah, that's the last we see of him. But I just I hope we eventually get to the root of why he feels that way because I it it really wasn't the case during their actual conversation. For anybody who actually watched that conversation, if he were a fly on the wall, he'd understand that that genuinely was not the case, and he needs to not project this kind of insecurity on Annie. Yeah, we've seen so much evil and like shittiness from Gabe. I would like to see some sort of character development here of like, why is he so fat phobic and mean all the time? Like, are we going to have some growth or is he just continuing to be fat phobic and throwing out all of these things throughout three seasons just for the sake of it? Mm. Because it's at the point where I'm like, okay, we get it. Like, let's progress him a little bit here. But yeah, I really thought that ketamine incident would have, I don't know, changed his character up a little bit, made him have a revelation or something, but I guess not. It did feel like that was potentially changing the course of things, but we've quickly snapped back. Yeah. Um, so we go outside. Um, Ryan's trying to talk to Annie out uh, in, he's stalking her in his mother's van. Um, doesn't understand why she's trying to draw a boundary. Um, I just have no remaining fucks to give for Ryan. Um, <laughs> I, you know, we've watched now a couple of episodes of just his behavior in contrast with other men. And it's just like so clear how much of a man baby he is. And he is just like not used to having any kind of consequence for his actions. Um, it's not fun to watch anymore. I'm like, get him out of here. I'm over it. Get his mm-hmm. crusty ass beard off my screen. Yeah, it's just, it's confusing at this point. You know, like this is a person who made another person. You have a whole son, and yet I forgot about that detail. <laughs> I can't not think about it whenever I see him. I'm like, this man has a whole son. He has a he made another person, and yet he still acts like this. It's too easy to make a kid. It's just too. It, really it shouldn't be is. for some people. It's sometimes these things happen too easily, and you should have to take a test or something like. Pass I it. have a harder. It's oh my god. Let me not get started. Do you understand? Like, it's harder to bake a cake than make a baby. Like, it's <laughs> it's a lot less fun, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's disappointing. So, um, so that's it. So that's Ryan. Um, <laughs> we, we have a quick scene now of um, Annie's mom and dad. She's FaceTiming them from their house. They're on a retirement road trip. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of wondering, I wonder if this means we're not going to see much of them this season because this was a, a COVID season that they filmed. And I was kind of wondering mm-hmm. if this was the narrative for them being away, if not for the whole season, for most of the season. Yeah, I thought that was a choice. I thought that was like, a, a, a ch- it's nice to see 
her parents. <laughs> kind of. But but to insert them in, it felt very shoehorned. There was no into- information that came out, really, other than that they were traveling. I noticed her dad, I don't believe, was on camera at any point. So it was like they had, you know, Julia Sweeney filming remotely. And that's what made yeah. me think maybe this was a COVID thing where they, you know, they didn't want to bring everybody in. Yeah, and 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 it's not a knock on either Julia Sweeney or A.D. Bryant because they're both phenomenal actors. But the conversation felt disjointed yeah. in a way. It didn't feel like they were actually talking to each other. So like I wonder I wonder why they shoehorn that in, but hopefully that gets you know, that hopefully that's a, a, a knot that is tied or a loose end that is tied. What yeah, is the expression? A loose end. Like let's wrap up that loose end. Cause I let's tie yeah. up that loose end. Cause yeah, we I think we, we did see a lot of growth with, you know, her mother. I think that was a really complicated mm-hmm. piece of the last couple of seasons. So it would be nice to see some some, you know, some knots tied there as well. Uh, I swear I I you know, for as long as I've been speaking English, I still have not grasped all the idioms. Como se dice in English. There's too many that sound similar. <laughs> it's I don't blame you. I had to think about it for a moment as well. Um, so we see uh, Fran heads over to uh, to shave a collective hair space is what I read on the on the sign behind her. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, collective hair space. OK, but did you notice how there's scissors in the logo? I didn't. Oh, that went over my head. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I um, you know, I've always I've had to like ask a lot of my LGBTQ friends, like uh, there was one incident in particular where I really had to ask, cause I had to question my own character. I like a lot of my specifically lesbian friends. I was like, am I, am I a terrible person or a good ally for the fact that I noticed that in her wedding pictures, both Raven Simone and her wife had their nails clipped. Like, is, is that, you know, you know what I mean? But like, I was reassured that like, <laughs> don't look at me like that, but I was reassured. <laughs> I was reassured that I'm just like a very attentive ally, but I noticed those scissors right away and I was like, okay, go ahead. She's got the eyes out. You're always looking. You're always looking. And yeah, you caught the scissors. Scissors went right over my head, but you're right. There were, uh, there were totally scissors. I loved it. Um, so this, she's having a great interview going well, very exciting. She's got to hide her meat and dairy eating ways. But other than that, it seems like we're fine. Uh, and then she walks outside and sees a man hit, get hit by a car. A man in a penny farthing bicycle. <laughs> that felt like a very Portland moment. Like that just felt apropos. It it was very on brand for Portland. And I like that she took that as a sign that this is where she's supposed to be. Whereas others of us may, with weaker stomachs, may have took that as a sign of, oh, maybe this is a bad sign. But not Fran. She looks on the bright side. Fran is built for Fran is absolutely built for this shit. <laughs> I love her so much. I love spinoff. <laughs> spinoff. Please. So speaking of spinoff, so you know, she she was interviewed by the uh the local news for for this uh for witnessing this mm-hmm. this accident. Um and I love that immediately Emily's just like hyping her up, throwing a party, like okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna commit. Uh, Annie pops in. She's getting ready for her date. She seems like she's excited. Um, she's doing a little tasting pot thing. I like that we bring mm-hmm. back this metaphor. She's eating all the little man pots. And I'm like, good for her. I want her to be eating all the little man pots. I like Can we drink. talk about, but can we talk about Annie's look? How do we feel about that forest green dress? I loved it. And I will say, like, I, it took me, at first I was like taken aback because mm-hmm. we are not used to seeing 
a fat woman in a dress like that that's like showing off her bod and she looked amazing and I I had that moment where I'm like internally checking my own self and I'm like oh yeah you're having this reaction because you're programmed to be fat phobic despite all the work that you've done over the many many years Mm -hmm. and I had to sort of take a minute and I was like no this she looks incredible but I have like 30 years of all of this shit on my brain that's like she shouldn't be wearing that but she should she looks amazing she this was so glad i mean i i am i'm debating on whether or not i like this more than the um sparkly dress oh my god i have literally i have this sparkly dress in my closet that i like i'm tempted (gasps) to pull out that i i bought almost exclusively because it reminded me of this this 80 80 bryant dress from season two or whatever it was so um okay yeah so when we hit the red carpet we're both gonna like show up in our sparkly dresses right yeah our sparkly dresses and our shrill sweaters that hulu sent us over the holidays our our shrill holiday sweaters if you haven't (laughs) seen them they're on our loud woman instagram check it out they were coolest 69 coolest promotional item ever that i don't know where i'm going to wear (laughs) i wore it around my house a lot (laughs) um good oh no but the the looks this episode i have to say the fashions it was very good and i liked her hair was a little different it was off of her face like different look loved it ready she's like ready for a fresh date ready for a new man pot like let's go all right are you emotionally prepared to take the turn into this conversation that we're about to oh okay like i said oh my god the five stages agree hold on this is um let me let me just process the anger and denial real quick Mm, okay okay and now um uh bargaining bargaining okay uh all right okay. i'm gonna let you work through the final uh phases and i'm gonna just Thank quickly you. recap where we're at um so she walks in annie walks into the restaurant sees will and uh immediately jumps to the conclusion that amadi set her up with him um because he is also a big dude um he immediately knocks over someone else's glass uh and right away mm-hmm. i want to hug this man and um protect him because it's clear from the moment that like she sees him you know everything and this is another example of like Mm. you know exactly what's happening before she even says a word because we all kind of have been in some kind of a situation like this she makes a decision about him based on one second and it just it hurts immediately you know the 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 knocking over the glass thing i attributed more to an issue of length than width i felt like I don't know, but that's just me though, because I I noticed how tall he was right away yeah. versus you know the the circumference is that insensitive? But like I I could hey listen he's just I, a big, he's work- just a big guy you know tall uh, all around big guy yeah. When I worked at Urban Outfitters, do you understand how many items I've knocked off of displays with my ass? So I can talk about circumference, okay? My 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 cheeks alone have knocked over a couple Chuck Taylors from some some stumps. I've had to send multiple. I've had to send friends multiple friends Venmos because I knocked over their drink with my boobs. So it's like mm. we've all like people we've been there, and it's also just like clumsy. And it, I I didn't even read it as size. I read it as just like general clumsiness and like lack of awareness. But from that first moment. I loved him. Like, he was so funny and self-deprecating. Like, he was so cute and, like, handled it as well as he could have. And he was clearly nervous, but he was cracking jokes. Annie was an asshole from right out of the gate. She she completely clams up, refuses to give him any sort of shot or even just, like, treat him like a human being deserving of dignity and respect. Like, she was instantly, like, 
completely shut down. Yeah, I did, I'm just wondering if this is kind of a commentary. Uh, maybe I'm reading too deep into this on the writer's behalf, but like, is this sort of a commentary on internalized fat phobia? Because where is the self-awareness to understand that this is sort of the same snap judgment a lot of men make about you? So that's completely how I read it, too, is that it, it, this was her doing to, you know, hurt people, hurt people. She's doing mm. to people instantly what other people have done to her and it's like that is the internalized fat phobia exactly what you're saying um she is she is you know reducing him to only his physical appearance instantly without giving him a chance without even attempting to get to know him and in that way she is like perpetuating this this diet culture this absolute like just insensitivity and cruelness that's been, you know, done to her in the past. And the fact that she did not realize that's what she was doing was really, really difficult to watch and made me really frustrated with her. It also was reminiscent of just like really selfish Annie that we saw more in season one, I think, than in season two, but where she just kept making these really selfish selfish decisions that were sometimes motivated by hurt, but also just like sometimes motivated by a lot of like ego and just, just pure selfishness. And it's it's hard to watch that happen. Um, and it, it was, it, it made me really sad. I wanted to give him a hug. It, it's such a vicious cycle, the internalized fat phobia. You know, especially if you are someone who um, uh, ha- has been, um, I, I, you know, I, w- I don't know if I would say Annie has been coddled, but if you are maybe um, in an environment that shelters you to a degree, then you might not see where um, your own, hmm, what's the word here? Like you might, you might not be quite as aware of how you come off to people. Yeah, I think that's fair. We've seen a lot of, you know, she's got a really strong group of people around her that kind of let her get away with a lot. Um, and, you know, she has had a lot of these really harsh experiences, but those are often with strangers or people she doesn't know well. And those in her community often are, really are building her up. Um, and so maybe there isn't that awareness of like, hey, how you're, you know, how you're acting is really shitty. And we, we saw that a lot in, you know, in earlier episodes where she was just making these really selfish decisions and not being called out on it that often um, and, and didn't really seem to learn a whole lot from it very quickly. Um, so I but, you know, uh, that I have complicated feelings on this, too, because I also appreciate that Annie is a flawed character and they're not like, oh, here, we're going to give you a fat woman and she's going to be perfect. And it's like, no, true representation means you have to, you know, see see characters that are that are flawed. And um, I think it's very real that we all experience that internalized fat phobia as well. I mean, like that, like my reaction to the dress, her, you know, the dress she was wearing in the state was exactly that's exactly what that was, is, you know, all of these years of people saying that that's, you know, not how you should dress still sits in my brain in some ways. And like, that's okay. We just need to recognize that that's what it is and try to work to, to improve and try to get that out of our brains. Um, yes. But you know, like, like other things. And um, I think just that fundamental lack of respect, lack of awareness of how she was treating him really made me sad. I thought he was trying so hard. Like he was being so fun, like self-deprecating in a funny way. And like, opening up to her and really trying and and you could tell this is why Amadi set them up is because he's actually this like really sincere funny guy who doesn't take himself too seriously and um it just made me sad to like see him treated like that 
Oh, I didn't look up the actor, but he's got such a sweet face. Um, I looked him up. He's in a couple of things. He's in Umbrella Academy. Um, a couple of n- n- nothing I had seen before, but a few a, a few things. So definitely look him up. Um, you know, really, really good actor, and he kind of really got me on his got me on his side really quickly. Um, you know, I also I made a note that you know she's she goes to the bathroom and sends sends the text about how this is the worst date of her life. <sighs> And like before I even before she even sent it to the wrong person, I was like, this is the worst date of your life. Like, come on. This is a very nice gentleman who's trying to have a nice conversation with you. And like you just are completely shutting him out. And that's that does not like that's a terrible reason to call something the worst date of your life. Um, And I could I could tell as the viewer before she had said that she was about to send it to the wrong person. I was like, this is what's happening. I can see it. I remember her sending that heart in the last text message. Why is she not? Why is this happening? Why won't you be more careful? This is a very precarious situation. Who doesn't check who? Okay, Um, it's 2021. We got to check who we're sent. I I, I just who is that careless? But also. Annie's standards for bad dates are really all over the place and inconsistent. I don't know. I wouldn't call getting my cooch eaten in a bunch of grass while some Boy Scouts are trotting up the hill a good date. Like, I, I, I don't know. I would have called. Know. I would have maybe called like the barbecue finger butthole incident my worst date. But Ooh. no, sure, call this nice gentleman who wants to buy you a burger. Call that your worst date. Like, no, what an angel. Like, recalibrate, Annie. Recalibrate. Oh, I definitely block the 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 barbecue that, finger and yeah, yeah that was only I'd last week that, that was not that long ago <laughs> whoa wow what is time <laughs> i don't know my friend but um so so she you know she she leaves the date so any last any last um thoughts on, on on this gentleman before before i move on to her phone call with amadi he he's just got a a real sweet face you know like i i just i i what <laughs> Why wouldn't she give him a chance? I'm I'm all sad. <laughs> it just felt needlessly cruel. It's just yeah. you don't have to treat people like that. I I really didn't like it. And um, yeah, just because you've been hurt and just because people have done things to you doesn't mean you need to be an asshole to other people. Exactly. But um, on a positive note, that dress though, the the whole look, it was a great. That's look. the best part. It was such a good look. Um. So, you know, she's she leaves the restaurant. She calls him Amadi and immediately just like unloads on him. And and again, just Amadi always takes the brunt of selfish Annie. Like he is always the punching bag. He is such a sort of passive kind of guy. He just takes the hits. And I also think Amadi's one of the best characters on the show. Like he is such a like good human like man like he's just a good guy he seems to be a good husband a good dad and i'm like he does not deserve this like come on treat no. your people who like you, like or care about you with a little bit more respect and assume better of them like he's so like he's such a good friend to her why would she make that assumption i uh yeah i th- oh we've only ever seen amadi's wife once yeah yes i think at the yeah. skating party last season yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, maybe yeah, there yeah. was one other party. I think there was one other party in season one, too, where we met her briefly. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I, I, I kind of am curious about, you know, his home life a little bit more. I would love but... to see more Amadi, too. I think he's such a cool character. Yeah. Like, I, I really... Spinoff. Another spinoff. Another spin-off. Hulu, this is... there's <laughs> We've got so much room for spinoffs here. Or to just keep the freaking show going. Anyway, that's not what today's about. Um, uh-huh. So we see. So anyway, so yeah, she takes the she you know she gives him the brunt of 
of it. And um, it's just, it's it's not fair to uh, see her treat him like that. And I don't like it. Uh-uh. So Annie's on my shit list today. So I'm now going into this last couple of this last scene with just like some really angry feelings. So uh, Fran is having her news party. Um, again, we get to see how lovely Fran and Emily's dynamic is. I know we I keep har- harping on this, but like I love that in this scene you see how like flawed and like kind of crazy Fran is. Like she's a she's a wackadoo, but like Emily sees exactly who she is and like loves her for that and builds her up. And treats her with respect and supports her, even when she's like, yeah, my girl's being a little bit crazy. And I I think that's such a beautiful kind of relationship to, like, what a nuanced look at a relationship. Like, I think that's very truthful. I think Emily is, like, this very, um, just, she just provides a lot of beautiful, balancing, grounding energy to Fran's life. Where Fran has, um, she, Fran is very chaotic good. Yes. You know? Oh, gosh, I just exposed myself. Yes. Hi, listeners. I'm a huge blurred. How you? But um, (laughs) Fran is a lot of chaotic good. And I feel like Annie, in a sense, is, um, you know, neutral good. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I see that for sure. Um, and so I think it's it's kind of fun how we ping pong back and forth to their dynamic a lot the last couple of episodes where it's been a lot of Fran and Emily. And so we'll see mm-hmm. Annie's kind of craziness and then we'll see like Fran and Emily forming this really beautiful like foundation. I think that's sort of an interesting um, back and forth. Um, so- I, I, no, go ahead. Well, okay. Uh, I know, again, I'm reading into it a lot. <laughs> that's what we're here for. But... But um, for anyone who's ever seen, I don't know, The Help, uh, I just really appreciate the fact that Emily is a grounding force for for Fran and a balancing energy, but not in a white savior kind of way. Like, they're not a trope of a couple. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I think that that a good example of that was we talked about this last episode when that woman was trying to get the uh, Bob Marley haircut. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, I just I just heaved. And Fran was like, um, no. Uh and I like that Emily yeah, she could have come in and done a white savior moment, but she kind of like let Fran handle it and was like, No, you're an adult. Like you're capable of handling your shit. But then when it got to the point where it was like, All right, let's move this along, she kinda of waited she held back and then she was still supportive in the end, but didn't do it in a way that was like, Don't you talk to my girlfriend like that? Like she didn't have to be performative. She just was like supportive in an authentic truthful way exactly i think that's lovely so nick shows up to this little party um i i'm i'm in a i'm in a mood at this point i'm not happy to see him um i'm like annie you're being a jerk like you don't get to leave that dynamic with poor sweet will and just cuddle with this mustachioed hunk like that is not how this should be ending i'm not happy with it um My last thought on this is just that I like that their entire like 10 to 15 person friend group assembled with like three hours notice for this event. Like it would take me literally like a month to schedule an outing with this many people. Like I love that all their friends are like, yeah, I'll come over tonight. Like what a fun dynamic. I'm so jealous. What is this? Like again, friends? Is everyone just sitting around waiting to hang out with each other? 
I feel like that's very Portland, though. Maybe mm. that, I, I don't know. If our Pacific Northwest listeners could clue us in on what uh, social activity is like out there. Because, you know, we're both New Englanders and uh, we, we, we traditionally keep to ourselves. <laughs> that's true. And again, it's like my big Virgo energy where I'm like, well, we've got to coordinate everyone's schedules. <laughs> like, how are, is everyone just going to show up and drop everything that they're doing? Um, loved the ending. The yeah, it was chant. Very cute, very sweet way to go out. But again, I just left this episode with a salty feeling towards mm. our um, our heroine, and um, I'm sure we'll we'll go back, you know, get back on the roller coaster next week. I'm not on Team Nick right now. I think he's great. I just think Annie still got some shit to she got she got to own her shit a little bit. She's not self aware enough no. right now, and she's not just because he may. I don't know, physically not strike her right away doesn't mean that there isn't something about him that is not compatible. You know, it, it, again, like there's, where is the grace that she expects men of a certain size to give? Because this is very male-centric in terms of the dynamic here. I don't, I don't know if this necessarily applies to like her dynamic with women, the doctor aside, that is just like general fat phobia. But in terms of like the grace that she expects men of a certain appearance to give her, where was that energy for this guy? Because no one is entitled to the time and uh, attention of someone who they find hot. Like you're entitled to find them hot, but you're not entitled to them giving you... I, I know this is like a very complicated and nuanced and maybe maybe Tookie Kavanaugh doesn't have the range. I don't know. But like... <laughs> But, but you know, but you, you you know what I mean? Like you're not, of course, if you're a hot person, you're not entitled to shit on other people because you're hot, but you know, where attention is unwanted, you're not obligated to give attention back mm -hmm. and where you find someone attractive just cause you, you're like, yes, I would absolutely sit on your chest. Doesn't mean that you're entitled to go do that. Exactly. I think that's really fair. And, and, and yeah, she is not showing him the same grace that she would expect. Um, if she was treated that way, I think it would mortify her, understandably. Um, uh, my favorite part that I, for, I forgot to mention uh, was at the end. I, I thought he when he got that text, I thought he handled it like a champ. He was direct, but he didn't like flip out. He didn't pull like some incel shit and like start flipping tables I, when he was like, this was actually the best date of my life. So thank you. And she was like, really? And he's like, no, I like cackled. I was like, that's so funny. This man is really funny and like really kind of dark and self-deprecating in a really like light, funny way. I don't know. I just like him. And I think that Amadi was right and they could have had a an interesting connection. So we'll see if he comes back later in the season. I like to think that, yeah, Annie's got her fingers in a lot of um, man pots right now. So I think we'll probably see a lot of... Uh, these men cycling for a bit. I don't know how I feel about the image of my fingers in a man, but that's neither here. Multiple nor there. men, man pods. Oh, oh damn. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, I I'm curious if any viewers want to like you know tweet at us, Instagram us, email us. Like, what would you do if you were on the receiving end of that text? Because Ooh. me, because for me, I I am. I'm very much like, um, say, some days it's same energy and some days it's, oh, what can I do to like super troll? So I 
if I were on the receiving end of that text, I feel like I, while they're in the bathroom, would leave and have them return to an empty table. I think I might do that as well. Um, I think that, but I think it would come from less of a super troll place and more of me fearing um, conflict and be, not wanting to cry at the table. Because um, I'm one that cries when I get mad. I think probably a lot of you might be in the same boat. I had a friend one time who was on a terrible date and on the she she left mid date because he was an asshole and was bragging about his mm-hmm. money. And so on the way out, she went to the bar and said, "Hey, my boyfriend over there is celebrating a new promotion and he wants to buy everyone in the bar shots." So, um, so everybody. Uh, got he got a massive bill when he was leaving the restaurant um, after Shout she ditched him and I was like that's the coolest move of all time so I like to think I would pull something like that but again I fear men too much and I would uh, be afraid that he would come kill me so I probably wouldn't do that but no that's a great that's question yeah what would you how would you handle that situation definitely probably not as smoothly as he handled it but um, let's hear your stories uh, any final thoughts Tookie uh, oh gosh this is like anecdote the episode because <laughs> I I was so appreciative of the fact that the hostess at the at the restaurant counter uh, actually was like, oh, who are you here to see? Do you know this story about me and my guy? Our um, listeners sure don't. So share it with the class. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So does everybody know I'm my my, my partner is um of the the the, the, the white Caucasian uh. The, persuasion if you will and uh we we went out to dinner to celebrate his birthday once and uh we uh, he we're both coming from work he got there literally five minutes before me and was sat down at a table and i popped in and you know i'm i'm going to like look for him but i'm immediately like paused i wouldn't say full stopped but paused by the hostess and she's like can i help you out and i'm like oh yeah my boyfriend's here uh and she's like, oh, okay. And then she takes me and brings me to a table with the first black man she no. sees sitting alone. Yeah. No. Not even asking me, not even asking no. me, um, you know, who the reservation is under. No. No. And I was, no, me and the guy were like, both like, what? No. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like her manager comes out and everything. And I'm like, okay, this is the name that the reservation's under. Oh, oh, we just sat him right this way. I hope that haunts her for life. Like, I hope that that woman is still, you got to tell me after we get off the, get off my, (laughs) what restaurant that was at. Because that's really bad. And I really hope that that has haunted her and has uh, informed her choices moving forward in life. Because I know if that happened to me, I would do a lot of reflection, a lot of listening and learning. <laughs> I mean, the presumptuousness of it all. Really incredible. Really incredible. But yes, I, I, yeah. So that's, yeah. Glad uh, glad that uh, the hostess was a little more thoughtful this time and didn't just assume that the fat people were sitting together. So that's a, you know, that's a plus too. It's a nice touch. Uh, it's a nice touch. <laughs> you know, you're right. This was a little bit of a random episode, a lot of anecdotes. Um, it was just kind of a random episode, I think, in general. I think we're a little bit, this was a little bit transitional of an episode here, kind of moving us in between situations, catching up, catching us up with Ryan a little bit, catching us up with the parents a little bit. But looks like we got eight episodes for this season. So I think we've got a bit more time to do some unpacking, uh, get some nice endings buttoned up on here. So I'm excited to see the rest. Uh, Tookie, thank you for being with me here today. Uh, folks, if you would like to contact us, shoot us an email. Tell us how you would handle uh, the situation. If you got a text message while you were on a date about how bad it was, you can email us at loudwomenpod at gmail.com. 
Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at LoudWomenPod. You can find me on uh, all the social media at Hi, This Is Marissa. And Tookie, let them know where they can find you. You shouldn't, but I'm at Tookie Monster on all social things. Uh, incur- someone encouraged me to do a TikTok because I'm on the TikTok and I don't know why. Hey, you might as well. You might. Uh, someone, I don't know. And send help y'all Tookie, Tookie's <laughs> back uh, back out in the world doing some stand-up comedy so follow her Twitter so you can see where to find her telling jokes in real life uh, highly recommend it uh, she's very funny <laughs> I think so so do other people <laughs> that wasn't a really glowing recommendation I her friend find her funny so do other people everyone else thinks she's very funny too so go follow Tookie find her in, if you're in the Boston area go see her in real life do comedy All right, guys, we will talk to you again soon, recapping episode three, uh, and we'll break down the rest for you. So we're excited to be uh, talking about this final season of Shrill. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening, and we love you. We love you. Bye-bye. No fingers in man bowls. Oh, my. Oh, my God. All right.